Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. So the way to know that you're onto something that people really care about is like, do people use your product even though it's full of bugs? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson, and today we'll be talking about natural language understanding. This was a conversation recorded on the 8th of April, 2020, with Dr. Alan Nichol, the CTO of RASA. RASA, if you don't know already, is an open source natural language understanding framework that helps companies build conversational assistance. So we dive into all the product features of the RASA stack, RASA open source with the intent resolution, entity resolution, determining what was said, as well as the dialogue management, determining what the next action to take is. There's also Rasa X, which is a free tool set used to help improve contextual assistance. Alan takes us through some interesting case studies and shares his tips on how to get started with Rasa. Then we talk about some of the bigger issues. We get introduced to the five levels of conversational AI. There's notification, FAQ, contextual, personalized, and then finally autonomous. Where are we now? Approaching level three, apparently. But in order to get there, we have to stop relying on intents, as Alan says. Why do we need to get rid of intents? Well, basically, because as your assistant grows in complexity, it becomes harder and harder to work with a rigid set of intents. So a new paradigm is needed. We learn all about uh, Alan's ideas on that. And also some of the latest research going on at RASA. One of the latest things they've released is the diet architecture, which is basically an architecture that handles both the intent classification and the entity recognition together. It outperforms fine-tuning BERT and is six times faster to train. Alan expresses the need for good development practices when working with ML models like these, and also shares some of his advice and his experience from his career in the bonus questions, which are available exclusively for Voice Tech Pro listeners. And I'm also joined by my very good friend and co-host for this episode, Joris Gary, who has a PhD in machine learning and uh, came ready with all sorts of interesting technical questions to put to Alan. You know, they say surround yourself with people smarter than you. I definitely felt that in this episode. This one gets pretty techy, so buckle up. I've got another great event for you to put in your calendars. It's the Voice of Healthcare Summit. That's right. It returns to the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts on August the 5th and the 6th. It's a two-day event presented by Bradley Metrock and the SCORE publishing team. So you know this is going to be a first-class event. And the topic could not be more relevant at this time of crisis. Many people are looking for a more hygienic user interface and, of course, a turning to voice for this, not to mention one that's more natural and accessible. So you're definitely going to want to check out the latest trends in voice in healthcare. To grab a ticket, just head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash voiceofhealthcare. And if you want to get 30% off the standard ticket price, enter the code voicetechcarl at checkout. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. As a Voice Tech Pro, you get your own premium RSS feed from Patreon, which gives you access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, early access to all the new episodes, as well as exclusive interviews and bonus questions, no ads and higher quality sound. Plus, you'll be helping to ensure that I can keep producing more episodes like this one. So if that sounds good to you, Head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and sign up today. I'm counting on your support.
So it's my great pleasure to be joined on the line by Dr. Alan Nicol, the CTO of Russa, a company which many of you will be familiar with. Dr. Alan Nicol has a PhD from Cambridge University in the UK, but it's now based in Berlin, Germany, I believe. They also have offices in San Francisco, California. Russa, if you don't already know, is an open source natural language understanding framework that helps companies build mission-critical contextual assistance. So I've been really looking forward to this conversation for a while. It's one of the most successful and interesting companies in the space. To help me ask some of the more technical questions, because this is definitely going to be slightly more technical than uh, the typical conversation, I'm also joined by my co-host, Joris Guerry, based in Paris in France. Joris is a former data processing research engineer from EDF, Electricité de France. He holds a PhD in computer vision, deep learning, and has actually conducted research into living with robots as well. So Joris, welcome to the show. And Dr. Alan Nicole. Very warm welcome to you too. Thanks Hi for having God, me on the show. You. <laughs> thank you very <laughs> in much. In sync. In sync already. I love it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, great, it's to great be here. To good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So obviously the topic today is open source natural language understanding. Mm. Alan, let's start with you. Let's talk a bit about Rasa then. Could you give us the, the elevator pitch? What is Rasa? What do you guys do? What type of clients do you serve? Yeah. I mean, what we're trying to build with Rasa is the standard infrastructure for conversational AI. So the same way that you have these kind of no-brainer technology choices, right? If you're adding search to your stack, you're going to use Elasticsearch. If you're working with containers, you use Docker. Similarly, if you're building conversational AI, you use Raza. That's where we're headed. That's what we're aiming for. And of course, mm -hmm. if you want to be that level of standard, you better be open source, right? So that's in a nutshell. The way it started was that my co-founder, Alex, and I we're building a few assistants ourselves. We had the first couple on the Slack platform. We had some people paying for them mm -hmm. and just realized that the developer tools were lacking in so many different ways, right? So we were using you know, the tools that everyone was at the time. Wit.ai was big then. Dialogflow right. was called API.ai at the time, and there were a few others. And well, we kind of came with this controversial statement, right? So 2016, Facebook Messenger platform was opening up and there was all this hype, you know, such an Adela saying bots are the new apps and like all this kind of overblown rhetoric. And the day before that announcement from Facebook, we wrote a post saying, we don't know how to build conversational AI yet, mm -hmm. right? Like nobody knows, the tools aren't there and this isn't going to go very well. And I think that has sort of played out kind of as we predicted, which was that the push came from people wanting to access users through messenger apps, right? Because app downloads are difficult to get. And mm -hmm. it wasn't because like all of a sudden we'd stumbled into a, a great new piece of technology and we're like, wow, look at all the new things we can build, right? It was very much coming from people just wanting to talk to people in messaging apps. And so we said, well, look, let's start from first principles and think, what tools do we actually need to build great conversational AI and what do developers need? And we were working with some of these cloud products realize that they're great for getting started quickly, but you very quickly also paint yourself into a corner, right? Right. And the other thing as a developer, right, if you're, if you're building an app or you're building a startup or you're building something, right, and every single message that goes in to your application has to go through a third party to get interpreted, it's a pretty precarious situation to be in as a developer, right? And so we built a few things and we decided to hack together our own NLU system and then we were running this meetup in Berlin, the, the chatbots, bots Berlin meetup. And everyone was saying, oh, we're going to do our NLP. We're going to do our own NLP. You know, we don't have time now, but maybe next month, <laughs> something like that. Right. And obviously nobody did. 
And so we said, well, why don't we just open source ours and then everybody can contribute rather than rebuilding the same thing. Right. Very innocent insight. But this was sort of six or eight months after the Messenger platform opened up and everyone who was still seriously in the space had the same thought, which was, I'm really dependent on this service, which might get shut down, might stop being free, they might start charging a lot for it. It's not a great position to be in as a developer. And so when we said, look, here's an open source drop-in replacement for the cloud tool that you're using now, it was just kind of the right product at the right time and instantly got a big community forming around it. So that was kind of the where we started, but we'd been working already for six or eight months on a better way to build dialogue. And that wasn't ready for prime time yet, but that we'd already been working on that problem, which was, okay, it's nice to have this NLU system, right? And you bring in a message and you get back an intent and some entities, but what do you do with that information? And you just layer more if statements on top of one another all the time, right? That can't right, be how right. we're gonna get anywhere. And so we'd been thinking about that problem very hard. And then because of the success of Raza NLU, which was the name of the library when we first launched it, we decided to go all in on open source. We said, look, everything has to be open source. And that kind of set us down that path. Very interesting. Very interesting. So it came from chatbots. It came from a real need in the developer community using these cloud services first. You hit a wall. You started building tools for yourself. You open them up and the rest is history. The community caught on. So the <laughs> community has been a real a real key to your success, right? Right from the very beginning, the, the community has, has built this company with yeah. you. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how, what, what's been the response and what are some of the lessons you've learned from having to reach out to the community so early on? Yeah. The way I think about community building and developer relations and all these pieces is we kind of wanted to talk to a bunch of people who had done that successfully and we're wondering kind of what are the secrets, what are the shortcuts, right? And there aren't any. Mm -hmm. My lessons have been that building a great community is about doing the things that are kind of obvious and just doing them well and doing them authentically. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the attraction of Raza for developers and for the community, especially in the early days, was this kind of no fairy dust attitude, right? We didn't say like, look, we have solved conversational AI, you're welcome. Mm. It was like, look, this is hard. We've got a new approach. Why don't you come on this journey with us? It's a and challenge, isn't it? Of... They can join you on the journey together. They feel part, exactly. of the, uh, part of the movement. Exactly. And if this doesn't serve all your needs yet, why don't you hack in something that does, right? And, you know, we never had pictures of brains on our website or said like that we were beyond state of the art or any nonsense like that, right? It was always kind of very transparent. Look, here, there are no secrets. Here are the algorithms. Here's how they work. Mm. And I think tapping into the empowerment of the developer has been really important, right? So while the cloud companies and lots of other people push for, don't worry about ML. Let's abstract over all of that. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. We said, well, do worry about it. Think about it. Educate yourself. Learn about how this works. Tweak it play with some of these parameters, make it your own. I love right? that. And, yeah, absolutely. And and why does it have to be like a black box that you're not allowed to play with? Mm -hmm. Why don't you just make it better? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. A really uh, big differentiator between you and the other guys actually, as they do, they try and hide all that stuff away, make it kind of point and click, drag and drop. You guys are really presenting the the model training front and center. You're getting the developers to understand things at the, at the core level. That's a good segue into diving into some of the product features then. Let's cover some of the basics first. You mentioned intents, entities. Not everyone's going to know what those are, or maybe they did sure. and then they forgot. You know? <laughs> Is there anything like me? So could you just define some of those core concepts and some of the basic yeah. building blocks of Rasa and how it all fits together? Mm -hmm. So the two pieces of Rasa open source, the framework, 
are that we have NLU, stands for Natural Language Understanding, and that just means taking these free-form messages that people send to your app and putting them into buckets, right? So mm -hmm. like, is this person saying thank you? Are they greeting? Are they asking for a restaurant or whatever it might be? So putting them into these categories. So this is classification task. And then the other piece is entity extraction, right? So if somebody gives you some specific information, like a date that they're looking for or some attributes of what they're searching for, you pull those pieces of information out, cities, all that kind of stuff. So that's the first piece, which is, there's a new message that's come in. What's the information content of that message? Mm -hmm. The second piece is dialogue management. And that's answering the question, okay, we've got this new information and we know all this other stuff about the user and we know about what's happened in the past in the history of this conversation. What's the next thing I should do? Should I go mm -hmm. and fetch more information? Should I ask the user a question? Should I confirm something? Should I just continue? What have you? So that's kind of how do you proceed? How do you take the next step? So those are the those, two pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two separate modules in Rasta then. So there's the NLU, which is what was said. And there's the dialogue management, which is what to do next once you know what was said. They used to actually be separate libraries. And then it, when we released Rasta 1.0 last May, we actually merged them into one library, although you can still use them separately. Right. And that's also, I think, been a key part of why developers like browser is you can plug and play and you can swap in different pieces right so if you were really happy with your nlu system with you know lewis or whatever you had running you could use that and just adopt our dialogue system because it's a better dialogue system or vice versa if you like browser's nlu but you've already built up your own sort of state machine implementation and you don't want to go start from scratch you can start by just using browser nlu and then bring in browser core over time as you're ready for it Nice, nice. Okay, well, let's dig into it a little bit more then. So first of all, the maybe take us through the, how we can actually get Raza to come back with intelligible and uh, appropriate responses then. Uh, obviously, it's, it's a machine learning system, so you have to train it on data. Where does this yeah. data come from? How does the customer yeah. actually provide the right data? What does the, the training process look like? And then maybe we can bring Joris in and find out his thoughts as well on the data science side. Absolutely. And so, I mean, part of Raza and why Raza developers do things the way they do, right, is that they're building up their own data set and they're building up their own IP, their own defensibility by collecting a data set that's their own. And the question is, how do you get that? Mm -hmm. And I'm firmly of the belief that the only way to build a good assistant is to build a bad assistant and then give it to people to test. Uh. So one of the biggest problems I see still a lot of the time is if you look at the timeline of a conversational AI project, People build a, a version zero, they spend months on it. They get the first version on it. Then they give it to a limited group of people to test. Mm -hmm. They identify six or seven problems. They go and fix those problems. They do a V2. Maybe they do one more iteration, but that's usually it. And then it just kind of sits flat. And then it's like, okay, well, what do we do? I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voice Tech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voice Tech Pros get more content each month, you unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. 
and you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get high quality episodes with no ads and studio quality sound, and a chance to support the show, and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.